Hello, everyone. Welcome to What is Covenant? Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry with Dave Clay. So people come see me. <laughs> That's the first thing they have to do is they have to come see me. You have to come see me. You want to talk to me, you have to come see me. Or you have to email or text or whatever. Call, whatever it is. But you have to at least reach out and communicate with me. People come see me and they're obviously seeking something. Uh, the most common request is advice, counsel. And then, <laughs> and then making that so simple. I need some counsel. I need some advice. And with a godly counsel and godly advice. And with that, hopefully, for those of you who are familiar with the podcast, it's always about the Bible. It's always about the Word of God. But not only the Word of God, it's about the living Word of God, Jesus Christ alive in us. It's about the Holy Spirit. It's about a demonstration of what that is like in the counseling session. And a little bit of a side here. Folks say, well, your podcast is all preaching. It's really not, or teaching. It's really not counseling. Well, it is. Because that's what counseling is. Counseling is preaching and teaching. Anything I say and do is not of myself, but of God. should be. There is always going to be some corruption because it's a human vessel. And I do everything I can do to keep myself clean of my humanity. Uh, that's for the sake of integrity, whether I'm in the more professional sort of dimension or role of specialized pastoral care, Christian counseling, or just Dave Clay, the person. And that would include husband. Uh, I sing in the choir, by the way, at church. I do I, I do. Professional counseling that's not Christian. I still am a sanctified vessel. <clears throat> I do that myself by reading the word, by allowing the Holy Spirit in my reading the word to cleanse me. But when I do the presentation on the podcast, I do that in that same way that I do it in the counseling session. Yes, we're talking specifically about you and what your questions are that you want answers to. And I do the best I can, once again, to do that in as pure as of the Holy Spirit, as of Jesus Christ, of word, living word, as I possibly can. But that's what you get on the podcast. Those that ask the question, well, all you do is teach and preach on the podcast. Why don't you talk about counseling? If you want me, if you want to hear, and this is very true, if you want to hear me speak in a secular way about psychology, psychotherapy. I can do that. Go catch the secular podcast, Word, with Dr. Michael David Clay. You can find that on Apple and other platforms. It's got no Bible attached to it because it's not an audience. That's not my audience. My audience is for lost people. It has Word. It just doesn't have Word in biblical context as we would be familiar with, a translation. It's still Bible-based Word because the Word of God is in the Bible is anointed. It is of the Holy Spirit, inspired by the Holy Spirit. So in that same way, it is with integrity. I do my professional counseling with non-Christians in the same manner. But if you want more of the psychology talk and you want more of the theory and you want more of all of those techniques, all of which are humanistic and of their father, the devil, which is 
Sigmund Freud. He's the father of all psychology. He stole the word of God. It was the word of God. He stole it, put new names on it, terms on it, and then sold it to the world as something new. And for all of those who are humanists, all of those who are of their father, the devil, Sigmund Freud, then go listen to that. And and maybe I can sprinkle enough word in. I can still stir up the spirit in some sort of way. And with that sort of guide or lead you to a greater awareness and a greater understanding. But why do I need to do that on what is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry? With Dr. Michael David Clay. I don't need to do that. Because I'm presuming you would not be listening to this except that you at least believe in God and would ha- or would have, if you're not a believer, have not accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, at least have some interest. But the Word of God is complete. It's total. I don't need to add anything to it, take anything away from it. So, yes, I'm going to teach and preach. But it's the same thing you get in the counseling situation. We personalize it in the counseling situation. I might occasionally cross-reference some clinical matters because I do think there's some merit in some of the factual, the evidence-based sort of approach that science gives us. But science, if it's not sanctified, like I'm testifying as I'm testifying, I need to be sanctified. And what by once more, the word so that it would then also become in Jesus Christ sanctified by living word, by Holy Spirit, not only translating to or appealing in some translation to my intellect, but out of my heart, (laughs) out of my belly shall flow rivers of living water. But I can't be responsible for either the things I say in that manner or even the human vessel through which the word of God is proceeding because I am humbled. I get emotional on the podcast. If that's to my discredit, then I'll accept that and receive that. But it's the alabaster box being broken. It is the anointing. It is the word of God proceeding out of me. And I can only handle so much in my human form. That sounds, if that sounds a bit narcissistic to you, I apologize for that. I am just confident that if I begin with the Word of God, if it's teaching and preaching, if it's based on the Holy Bible, then I know that it is of approval, godly approval. And why would I not want to use it? So with that thought in mind, I'm going to go to the Word of God. And I'm not done with Samuel yet or Saul. I think there's a little more to be said about that. 1 Samuel chapter 13. Saul reigned one year. And when he had reigned two years over Israel, Saul chose him 3,000 men of Israel, of which 2,000 were with Saul in Mishmash and in Mount Bethel. And 1,000 were with Jonathan in Gilbeah. Of Benjamin and the rest of the people, he sent every man to his tent. And Jonathan smote the garrison of the Philistines that was in Geba or Geba, and the Philistines heard of it. And Saul blew the trumpet throughout all of the land, saying, Let the Hebrews hear. I have to say this again, a little bit of an aside, but I get back on the path fairly quickly. It's okay with righteous indignation if God tells you in righteous indignation to lift up arms. 
I'm not a war hawk. I'm not a warmonger. I am probably never going to kill somebody. I say that only because my intention would be to get through life. I am okay with being Jesus if that means that I can be one of those individuals that dies for Christ. I don't consider that to be any shame. I don't consider that to be cowardice. I am not likely to kill somebody. And you might not either. And I don't know that that's the highest order of godliness because Jesus is. And that's why I would never kill anyone. I think we're supposed to then. But die. Lay down our life for another. But that's okay. That's me. I'm at that point in my life. I see it that way. I don't hold everybody to that. And I certainly am not going to hold Saul or the Hebrew people when they were taken on the Philistines. And all this Old Testament stuff where there was a lot of killing, it was righteous. It was righteous indignation. Now you say, well, that's not righteous. They're imposing their beliefs. What if they're not Christian? Which is the point of the Bible. What if they're, well, they weren't Christian in the Old Testament, but what if they were not of the Hebrew people, the faith that would otherwise give us Christ and give us Christianity? I understand that it's a diverse world. But God already knows those who are going to kill us if they get a chance. Crucify Christ. And those of us who are not. And those of us who, if we might have happened to be born, as we all are, into original sin, then he knows the hearts of those even before they were created. Those that would serve him and those that wouldn't. So in kind of without time reference, past, present, and future sort of orientation, If God says kill somebody, it's because he knows. He already knows. He knows the end from the beginning, what they're going to do. You need to listen to God. Because if you do, even if it should be to do something that at some core level, that's why I say I don't think I'd ever kill anybody. But if if the Antichrist came in front of me and God said kill him, I'm going to do it. I'll probably kill him with the word, the sword of the spirit. But it's the way that I, and if he said, no, take up your sword and cut him into small pieces, Samuel, which Samuel did, Amalekai. I think it's how you pronounce it, king of the Malachites. Then do it. Do it, do it, do it. Samuel did it because God told him to do it. And all Israel heard it said that Saul had smitten a garrison of the Philistines and that Israel also was held in abomination with the Philistines. Now, of course, the Philistines didn't like it. And the people were called together after Saul to Gilgal. And the Philistines gathered themselves together. And I'm not going to say they were the devil. I don't know what people or legacy they are today, so I do not want to be accused of picking out certain persons, people. I, I believe everybody can be forgiven. I believe everybody can come to Jesus and have their sins, their conscience cleansed. Again, sanctified. Washed clean. I believe all of us are of dirt, (laughs) of earth and matter and material. There's none greater than any other in human regard. I believe all of that except that God would sanctify it, consecrate it, set it aside, and then distribute it with an intention. (laughs) And that would be not only consecration, but that would be ordination. To go out and do something good for the world. So the Philistines were, at that moment in time, not knowing who they are, the legacy today, at least speaking to that particular moment that I'm reading of or from 
of 1 Samuel chapter 13, Old Testament, before Jesus, they were of their devil, of the devil, Belial. And they were a nemesis of the Hebrew people. But God used them as, as even given David sanction, uh, safety, I guess his sanction, given David safety, sanctuary, that's the word, to escape Saul, who was himself Hebrew, but also of Belial at times with the evil spirit. And majority of the time. And with that, then legacy and genealogy matters, but it really doesn't matter when it comes to God. What matters is you do what he tells you to do. And the Philistines did not like it because they were doing what God told them to do, but they were not persons as in a people after God's in heart. And the Philistines gathered themselves together to fight with Israel, 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen and people as the sand, which is on the seashore in multitude. And they came up and encamped in Mishmash, eastward from Bethaven. When the men of Israel saw that they were hedged in, for the people were distressed, then the people did hide themselves in caves and in thickets and among rocks and in high places and in pits. And some of the Hebrews went over the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul, he was yet in Gilgal, and all the people followed him trembling. That was verse 1 through 7, verses 1 through 7, chapter 13, 1 Samuel. Now verse 8. And he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. But Saul came not to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. And Saul said, Bring here a burnt offering to me and peace offering. And he offered the burnt offering, and it came to pass that as soon as he had ceased offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came, and Saul went out to meet him that he might bless him. And Samuel said, What hast thou done? And Saul said, Because I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that thou camest not within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered themselves together at Mishmash. Therefore said I, The Philistines will come down now upon me to Gilgal, and I have not made supplication unto the Lord. I forced myself, therefore, and offered a burnt offering And Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart. And the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people. Because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. And what did... The Lord command through Samuel, wait, (laughs) go there seven days and wait. Wait for who? And again, context of this passage in 1 Samuel and the place the Hebrews were at in history and where Saul was. And at this point, we presumed or a priori to him making that decision to do what he did that Samuel just got through calling him out on. Saul was blessed to the Lord. But he didn't do what God told him because he didn't wait for Samuel. He went ahead and did what he thought was right in his own eyes. And unfortunately, (laughs) when you get ahead of God, if you even call it that, or as with this passage, it's disobedience. And what we'll 
find later on, or what we've read on previous podcasts, but you would find later on, should you be reading through or remember as you've read through historically First Samuel, it came back to, excuse me for saying this way, bite Saul. Because even though this instance of the Philistines had turned into a bit of a triumph, Saul was not listening to God because he was not listening to Samuel. And Samuel was the way in that day that God spoke to Saul. Now we have Jesus. Now we have the Holy Spirit, which gets me back to the beginning of the podcast today. I allow the Holy Spirit to speak through me to things that God has given me to do. I listen for not only the Holy Spirit as in context of the word, I specifically listen for Jesus to speak to me because he does so through the word become living word in me out of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And with that, all of this, not only the mind of God, mind of Christ as with context, But now Jesus is leading and guiding me, even as Samuel was to have been, if Saul had permitted it, leading and guiding Saul. And in this moment, it would have been not only Saul, but the people. And you could say, well, Saul was doing it out of his best motive. No, he wasn't. Well, he was. I think he was genuinely concerned about the people. I think he got all preoccupied with his position. The King James way of describing it when Samuel was talking to Saul. When you were small, and it wasn't that he was ever small when Samuel had all these conversations with him, but he was small in terms of importance. But Saul knew how small he was, and he did not understand that the only reason he became large was God chose him to do a great work. But when you do it out of yourself, and when you're not really prepared to receive the blessing, which again doesn't have anything to do with genealogy, it really doesn't have to do with education, it doesn't have to do with where you came from, it doesn't even have to do with what you've devoted your life to or how you've lived your life up to the point that God chooses to meet you. Jesus comes to meet you. What matters is in that moment, do you recognize your opportunity to take your smallness and allow God to use it for greatness for the purposes of his kingdom? And should you then start to second guess yourself, you're also second guessing God. So if you come see somebody like me and I seem a bit Audacious, I've been accused of that. I seem a bit narcissistic. I seem a bit overly confident. I seem a bit knowledgeable. It's not of myself. It's of Christ in me. How do I know? Because I'm a fool. <laughs> I know we're not supposed to call anybody foolish, but Samuel just did this passage I read, but I'm a fool. It's okay if I call myself that. But I call myself that because I know you guys get to hear all my mistakes. I choose not to edit the podcast. I live with my infirmities. When you come see me, there'll be words that come out of my mouth that I would not want to come out of my mouth. Not in curse word sort of fashion or anything blasphemous. It's just mistakes. I make mistakes all the time. But I don't put my faith in me so my mistakes mistakes don't matter. I put my faith in God. Do I try to correct my mistakes? Yes. Do I confess them? Yes. Do I do that even on the podcast. Yes, I try to come back next podcast and say, oh, I blew it. I did it again. But don't measure me by me. 
me, measure me by Jesus in me and the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus is speaking to me in the same way of guidance unto you, advice and counsel when you come see me for specialized pastoral care, Christian counseling, as Samuel is to Saul in this context. These verses. Saul did not wait. And because he did not wait, he demonstrated his own preoccupation with himself, which is true narcissism. See, I can't get it out of my mouth. Narcissism, compensation, denial, trying to cover it up, trying to pretend like you're something you're really not. Don't pretend like you're something that you're not. Claim what you are. You are one with Jesus Christ. And then celebrate who Jesus is. Give him all the glory. You're going to enjoy being part of it because there's victory in it. Just don't become preoccupied with yourself. You didn't do it. Saul, you don't have to do it. God's going to do it. Patient, counselee, whoever comes see me, whether it's secular, patient, counselee, as in with pastoral care, Christian counseling ministry, specialized pastoral care. You don't have to do it. You have to hear the word of God and then do what he tells you to do. But he's going to tell you to do, as even I said earlier in the podcast, God already knows the end from the beginning. He knows how to take this and that, use it for this and that. Though you don't see it that way, you would not think it. That way, it's a way that does not seem right unto you. But believe it when the word says it only leads to death. Who's death? Certainly, you could kill others with that in the wrong way. And then that would really be bad. Thou shalt not kill, one of the Ten Commandments. But if you're going to do anything, don't kill yourself. And unfortunately, that's exactly what Saul did. Not only by demonstrating his inability to get out of his own head and really let God do it. And listen when Samuel said, this is what you do. You wait for me to come. You wait for me to tell you what God has told you. You can't sanctify yourself. You can't do it out of your own head. You don't understand, Saul. You have to be that obedient because there's peril. And not only would you possibly kill others again, you could kill yourself. And that's exactly what Saul did. He fell on his own sword. That was his end. That was his demise. Somebody killed him. He killed himself. He could have possibly escaped that. I don't know. We don't know. But he did what he did, and God already knew he was going to do it because that was basically what this whole passage is about. But it's a few chapters on into 1 Samuel that you see. Not only did he kill himself, but he killed himself when he was coming up against the same people that subsequently, between this point that I read this morning and other passages I've already read on previous podcasts, when it came to obedience, it's better to obey than to sacrifice. When it came to the Amalekites, when it came to killing the king, when it came to, as God said, utterly destroy them, Saul didn't. Why? Because he was not ever really able to get out of his head. He did not listen to the specifics. And even then, as God might have given him another chance, God even said, I regret, I repent, I think is, again, the King James, that I made Saul king. 
And Samuel lamented him even to the day of his death. I think he lamented him because he loved Saul. But I think he lamented because all of this was something that Samuel was part of. And that the people suffered greatly as a consequence of this. Even David, the Amalekites, when, when David was out doing what he was doing with the Philistines, by the way, that they came and raided his camp, his city, and took the women, the children, the spoils. It was Amalekites. It was the same people that Saul was to have destroyed. And you can say, well, God still took all of that and made it work. Yes, God does that. There's a bit that we do have to say in material terms with how it gets done, whether we cooperate or don't. That's the same thing in counseling, though. If God has given me a word and you believe that's why you came to see me, that there is a word, there is advice in counsel, and that I'm telling you it's coming from God as best as I can allow it to come from God. It's coming from the word as best as I can allow it to come from the word. And it's I do have a choice. That's the allow it. It's in my flesh. Then if I tell you something... Then, if it said, thus saith the Lord, do it! Ziklag, I think, is the city that David, see, this is where I make mistakes. The city that David had been given. Ziklag, maybe. What happened, though, was the Malachites did that to David, but before they got there, that was who Saul was fighting when he fell on his sword. That's what rendered Jonathan deceased in material terms. And that's what then this was all about. Because though the Amalekites were kind of intermingled with the Philistines, at this particular point, and Saul going up against the garrison, as I read in today's scripture, the passage from scripture today, it was just obedience. Do what God tells you to do. That's the message. And wait if he's not giving you a word yet. But if he's given you a word and you've been sent to someone who can dispatch that word because you're not going to be able to do it of yourself because you're a failed vessel just like I am, and nobody can see it totally objective. That's why we have in court at least two, two witnesses and perspective. It's all subjective. (laughs) You're just going to see it as you're capable and you're quite limited in your ability to take it all in and understand it all. At least get somebody else's opinion, which is another reason people seek counsel and advice. They want somebody else's opinion. Again, it's always going to be your choice whether you're going to do it or not. And I'm not going to say that I'm always always going to have a consequence like with Saul. I'm just going to say the more you do it like Saul, as we're talking about on the podcast today, then the more likely you're going to get further and further off path, out in the weeds, and you're going to be lost. (laughs) You're going to need some help getting back on path, some help hearing the word of God. But it's not even that I'm going to lead you back to the path. And it's not even that God can't get you back there quick. He doesn't want you lost. He wants you in service unto him, not yourself. But you've got to be able to hear his voice. 
But that's my job too, is I want you to listen to Jesus in you. I don't want you to listen just to Jesus in me. I'll agree with you in the name of Jesus. And there's a principle of agreement. Even Jesus speaks of where there's a binding sort of effect and loosing sort of effect. And that's powerful and it's important. And there's an amplification or multiplication of strength in that. But it just takes one. It doesn't take a whole bunch. It just takes one. But you have to be sure that you're listening to God. And in that sense, it probably takes at minimum two. But God gives us three. He gives us himself and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit distributes the word. Jesus is the living word. But they're all in one accord with the mind of God, his intentions. A three-braided strand or cord. We spoke of that podcast before this one last week. So if you come see me, come see me expecting to receive something. But if you're going to come see me expecting to receive something, then at least give us serious enough consideration. And if we're in agreement and you know this is a moment and God has passed by, Jesus has passed by, and we know it because he's alive in us and there's that testimony, then you probably should do it. Even if it doesn't seem right, and you shouldn't shouldn't be listening to everybody else around you. Because that was also Saul's problem. He was only preoccupied with his own ego, or in his own ego, sort of self-narcissistic, self-aggrandizement, egotistical, prideful sort of way. He was concerned what other people thought about him. To the extent or degree... That, oh, well, the people, they, they really were in distress. The people, I did this thing as, as with the Amalekites. Uh, not destroying all of them. Not destroying the king. Which, again, Samuel, after he found out about that, he cut him all up into pieces. But it was the people. I was just trying to please the people. No, <laughs> please God. You're not going to have to please me ever You come talk to me, I'm not going to be that person you have to please. I'm just going to do the best I can, as with Elihu, to tell you how to get into the presence, Job, of God. And should I be in the presence of God with you now because of Jesus, Job, Old Testament again, then if we're going to listen to it together, I'm just going to tell you what I heard. (laughs) And, And maybe you should do it. Not because I told you. Not because you have to please me, because you have to please God. And that's the best way to please God. (laughs) Do what he tells you to do. So, (laughs) you don't get anything different in the counseling than you get on the podcast. Except a little bit more personalized in the way that I've tried to describe it today. I'll (laughs) use your name and I'll become a bit familiar with the cast of characters in your life. I'll understand your narrative. I'll understand where God's taken you from. I'll understand what God's, at least as you understand it, what God's leading you to. I'll appreciate your beliefs. I'll work within, I'll do all things to win all matter of men unto Christ, as with the Apostle Paul. But there's only one voice of truth. And that's Jesus. And we're going to always take it back to word, living word. But that's what we do in the podcast. And I love it. 
<laughs> genuinely and sincerely, because I see it evangelistically, what I do here, which is another reason I preach the Word and teach the Word as faithfully as I can to the Word. Read as much of it as I could possibly squeeze in to an allotted period of time without just blowing your brain. <laughs> Mine. Kind of get the duct tape out. Wrap it up. But come back to the next podcast. This is what I'm trying to get out. You can contact me. 304-528-9220. You can catch me on Facebook at Covenants. Of course, covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com is our email address. You're more than welcome to email. Covenantsonline.com. I think I've covered all the bases, but come back to the next podcast. We drop the podcast weekly. So if you tend to be one of those individuals like routines and become kind of familiar with finding me, you get the new one, at least in our time zone, part of the world. You get it on Sunday. I know that that's not going to be the same for the other side of the world. But whatever day that is, it's every week on that very day. And expect it. And should you again want more of the secular, you can join me on Word with Dr. Michael David Clay. But in the meantime, sincerely, God bless, and thanks for listening to What is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry with Dr. Michael David Clay. Bye.